So today we're here with the Aspinall Foundation. We are speaking with Sophia, Samantha, and Fiona. And we are so excited to get to know more about your foundation and what it is you do. So whoever feels the most comfortable telling us a bit more about what it is you do, please go right ahead. I'm happy to, to take the lead on that. Or we're, we're sort of, I suppose, um, put our own... Um, experience and everything in, involved in it. So I look after the corporate partnerships who work with the foundation. Um, basically, the Aspinall Foundation is um, an animal conservation charity, and we believe that animals should not be kept in captivity and they should be back in their homeland. So we have we have partner parks down in Kent, which a lot of the um, animals are housed sometimes temporarily until we can find the appropriate forever home for them. And we work with various partners and um, individuals and some amazing people who want to be part of our community in helping to get these animals home in a nutshell. <laughs> uh, yeah, just following on, so apologies, my camera froze just at the opportune moment earlier. Um, you, you know, just following on from what Fiona said. So I head up the UK fundraising team. Um, we all have our individual roles and responsibilities. We're a very small team. So my team um, heads up the marketing. So we're very much into campaign-led awareness uh, for our different divisions. Um, and uh, part of that team, we've got Fiona looking after our corporate and philanthropy uh, um, and high net worth individuals. And then we've got Donna in the team who looks after our individual givers. Um, so we communicate with those, we steward them, give them regular updates about our project, and we also work with the marketing team in other sort of PR communications. And then Sophia works with our overseas team. Sophia, do you want to give an update with who, who sort of? Absolutely. So um, I am the overseas projects manager for the Aspinall Foundation, managing all of our um, our global reintroduction projects in Congo, Gabon, Indonesia, Madagascar, South Africa, um, and much further afield than that as well. Um, so we've got teams in each of the respective countries, um, and I support all of them with their ordering, their accounts, uh, the logistics of moving animals um, around, rescue and relocation. And then I also work very closely for the Howlett's Wild Animal Trust, um, managing all of our animal transports in and out of our Kent parks. Um, so the logistics of returning animals back to the wild is, is my domain as well. Amazing. That is fantastic. You guys have a very international team. And I'm just curious, how do you stay or how do you stay communicated when you have team members of different backgrounds and everyone's handling different things how how do you stay connected uh, so our main form of contact with all of our overseas projects is WhatsApp. Um, it's 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 such a, an easy tool for everybody to use. Um, it's instant messaging as well. So we get, you know, updates um, straight off the hot off the press, as, as they say. Um, uh, and obviously via email as well. We make regular trips to each of our projects. Um, so my my director, our overseas director, will make regular visits to each of our projects throughout the year. Um, and we also have other professionals and experts that will travel to the projects depending on which animals we are moving, relocating, or which projects we're working on. So a whole team of global specialists. 
And then my team, who are based in the UK, we're transfer the, the photographs and the communications and the reports into communication to our, our donors and, our, um, and anyone who wants to hear about what the Aspinall Foundation are up to. So speaking of communication, is the communication mostly geared towards the public, towards individuals, or is there also a part of communication which is towards um, politicians? That kind of... Um, well, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. Uh, well, the channel is obviously for anyone who's interested in our work. So um, we have more detailed reports for those who want it, but really it's for those who've got the the same values as us and believe where possible the animals should be living in the wild and also protecting animals' habitats. So therefore our communication is going to that audience. Um, I wouldn't say there was a direct link to you know politicians or, or specific charities or, or that type, but that our audience is for anyone who wants to know about our charitable work. Right. So basically you're it's more about education, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I notice also on your um on your webpage, you you have a lot about education and the importance of educating people, and and I wonder if it's easier with certain animals to get people to recognize. Okay, we need to help these animals, whereas other animals they're not really seen as that important. I don't know if if you notice these tendencies with people that they might not understand um, how one one specific animal can be in a zoo but then another animal i don't know if, if that makes sense if i'm what i'm trying to say i think so i think what you're saying is um which projects people are more interested in i mean from our point of view you can't value one life more than another um but we do have specific projects that we work in and um, sophia do you want to elaborate on that yes absolutely so as you say there will be some species that um our supporters and our donors are more interested in than others um uh, so we have um a very very successful gorilla reintroduction project and we find that you know it's received very very well by our um our individual givers our major donors our corporate sponsors um but that doesn't mean that we only focus focus on you know very focal species from we you know we'll do big or small we work with them all um so from you know elephants all the way down to bush babies um we will work with all sorts of different species um both in the uk and at each of our respective projects as well um and as as sam rightly said we don't we don't value one life more than another but of course we do try to ensure that we're providing updates that our support and, and donors are interested in and um, a lot of that is to do with our specific reintroduction projects focusing on a specific species. I think going back to, to Sophia's point is you know we do have he our hero animals you know mm -hmm. the best known and best loved for our care and love of the gorillas um, and obviously that has a lot of curve appeal in terms of the donors and the engagement they want to have. Um, after that, I suppose it's big cats of interest. But as Sophia said there, we look after everything from the elephants down to bush babies. So for us, it's all a passion, but we perhaps talk about some projects more than others. So you guys also have breeding programs? Yes, very successful breeding programs. Could you tell us a little bit more about how that works and what you're doing? 
Absolutely. Um, so we are the world's most successful um, captive breeders of gorillas, clouded leopards, um, Javan langers, African hunting dogs. Um, you know, I could go on and on. Um, but the European breeding program is basically managed by the European Association of Zoo and Aquaria, EASA. Mm -hmm. um, and each species has what's called a stud book keeper that makes a genetic analysis of the entire captive population and will make recommendations for animals to be translocated from institution to institution for breeding based upon the best viable genetics. So, yes, there is absolutely an element of breeding, but it is a controlled element of breeding um, to a degree to make sure that we are not breeding or inbreeding animals unnecessarily. You almost lost me there. It's very, um, very science heavy base. So that's very interesting that it's not just you know, there's a lot of data backed behind the way you're doing the breeding. Absolutely. It's a really intricate process. You know, we don't, animals aren't just bred for entertainment, particularly not by ourselves. They're always bred with a, uh, you know, genetic viable, viable purpose. And whether that is return to the wild or to be a flagship species, a flagship species in the, um, in the, the parks that we, uh, we work closely with, um, it's it's a very very intricate process, and animals are not just bred for the sake of being bred. And when, for example, if there's an animal that's been bred in in one of the parks, does he or she get ever get the chance to return to their natural habitat? Or yes, and that is absolutely, absolutely what we work towards. Mm -hmm. That is our main um, our main objective is to um, afford captive born animals the opportunity to a wild and free life just as they deserve. So we have rewilded um, 27 gorillas from our UK parks. We've rewilded um, eight rhino back to tanzania and south africa since 1995 um, they've now had over 25 babies and up to 60 descendants from those eight animals alone um, we also have returned uh, 43 captive born primates from our uk parks and from a partner park over in france um, to java so yes that is our, that is our main objective is to ensure that we are breeding genetically viable animals that can be returned back to their homelands if and when possible. Samantha on, on your end could you tell us how do you how do you communicate all this with um, with the public? Our main support engagement document is a magazine which we're fiercely proud of called World Cry. It comes out twice a year we send you a copy and has updates on all of our projects and um, then we send a bi-monthly e-coms out so um, very much about our different projects ways you can help and we're not just talking about financial help, we're talking about awareness, you know, you can get us on our social channels, you can do a fun run for us, you can do a bake-off, there's lots and lots of ways you can help us, not just with the financial benefit. Um, one of the things Fiona does and, um, is get awareness out, not just to the, the wider audience, but also getting corporate assistance, so um, she's had many a corporate doing some fun runs for us. Um, as well as um, nominating us for Charity of the Year. So we work with a wonderful partner called Spectrum Makeup Collection. They're, we're their Charity of the Year this year. In fact, we've been their Charity of the Year for a couple of years now. And they do online donations for us, and they very much promote us on their um, social channels. And they've got quite a millennial audience, and it's a really nice way of getting our message out to 
to more people. So really, I uh, lines of communication is social media, e-coms, and then working with partners on their platforms. And do you promote also the, I, I noticed on your website, you had an adoption program. Do you promote that a lot? We do. So um, you can adopt the animals, which is a wonderful way of uh, giving a gift that means more, uh, which is our favourite saying. Um, and again, we, we do gift guides. So you've probably seen us in some of the editorials or in newspapers, magazines. Um, and um, we promote again through e-coms and social media. So, um, you know, we're not we're definitely not one of the biggest charities, but, you know, the, the conservation message is there and uh, every penny helps to, to do what we love and, and what the animals need. Do you guys work with a lot of volunteers or is it mostly um, people who actually like so work for the organisation? I'll grab the UK bit and then I'm sure Sophia will grab the overseas part. But um, from a UK perspective, we do have volunteers. Um, I have some come in the office that will donate their time, which is really, really helpful. When we do the fun runs, uh, we take over Port Lim and Howlett's once a year and do a, a, three, sorry, a 5k uh, charitable run. Um, we get volunteers from companies, people that have been to the parks that just love us. We get some of the Cub and Scout associations helping out doing um, doing the volunteering. So we have been really lucky. Um, we also have a wider team they, um, who do our face-to-face -face fundraising. So they go around the park and sign up people for the adoptions and the um, and the regular giving. And Sophia, do, what about volunteers overseas? So we do have um, certain projects that will accept volunteers. So our project in Indonesia, in Western East Java, they will occasionally accept volunteers. They are national volunteers from country. And again, is a, it's a form of um, spreading awareness and providing further education to individuals interested in our works. Um, we do have some permanent volunteers that are on a, a volunteer contracted basis and they will do either six or 12 months with us. Um, so yes, uh, we do have um, different volunteer programs depending on where in the world we are. Going on that, I have a question. How do you, how do you start this conversation or how do these people find you in the local countries when maybe they have a different perspective of what the animals should be doing or I'm trying to think, for example, let's say Thailand, they, they're known for using elephants. Elephants help them carry, carry uh, heavy logs and stuff like yeah. that. So they don't really see the problem with that. How do you communicate with a different culture, a different group of people without insulting their culture, basically. Well, we do a lot of community work overseas, um, and Madagascar would be the perfect example of that. We do multiple different community projects whereby um, we set up a project that will benefit the community from uh, either a food source or a financial source. And in return for that, there is an agreement drawn up whereby they will do population surveys of certain different lemur species within their area. Um, so it's very much a give and take process. In, in that um, element uh, of our work uh, but we do a lot of education um, overseas and we will our teams do um, regular missions whereby they will visit communities surrounding the reserves that we
areas that we work in and they will provide them with edu- uh, you know information on the animals why these animals are so important why they are endangered what their numbers in the wild truly are what the community can do to avoid human wildlife conflict um, what they can do to, to to better their community um, and how we can help them do that um, so there's a there's an awful lot of work with regards to local communities and and spreading awareness uh, and keeping education moving in the right direction so that um, the animals are as protected as we can possibly make them obviously a lot of the areas that we work in are very remote in any case um but the areas that we work in that are more highly populated education is the key tool that we use Mm. i think one of my favorite stories when i uh, joined the Askell foundation was that um particularly in south africa when um when the poaching was happening with the rhinos during the lockdown and and covid obviously um a lot of the poachers were having to to poach because of their family needs and due to some of the education that we've provided that actually have some poachers that have turned into um, rangers and actually protecting the animals as opposed to poaching. So I think that whole education piece, seeing it from the beginning to the end and understanding and becoming part of the community is such an important message and it's very much at the heart of what we do. Yeah, the communication um, to communities, to the local people and, and through social media as well is probably one of the biggest parts of of, of your job for most of you probably what are some of the challenges because it's not always easy i can imagine no it's not it's not an easy an easy world to work in um we face challenges on a daily basis whether that be the terrain that we're working in the internet connectivity the logistics of getting a direct flight for an animal from one area to another um we we recently or in i say recently it wasn't that recent it was in the january of 2021 so two years ago now um time flies when you're having fun um (laughs) We rewilded to a captive-born cheetah from Canada. We partnered with Park Safari in Canada and we we rewilded a a captive pair of cheetah brothers to Amiri Rhino Conservation Centre in Zimbabwe. Um, And we had a real task to try and find a direct flight uh, that wasn't going to be detrimental to the animal's welfare in order to action that move. So there are... There are a whole array of um, different challenges that we will face within the industry um, and we work our way around them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a job then probably. Exactly that. <laughs> that's what makes it so exciting. You mentioned something about partnerships and, and it got me thinking like how important or can you maybe give us some examples of partnering up with other charities, other organizations, maybe governments, how does it affect your work? How does it help your work as well? Because it must be quite important. Well, it affects our work massively and it obviously helps us enormously to have the right agreements and um uh, uh, you know memorandums of understanding in place whether that be with another NGO an individual um, a government it, it, you know we work with so many different people to achieve our end goal for example we have agreements with the Congolese government and with the Javan ministries um, to rewild captive born but 
animals, but also to rescue um, orphaned animals uh, to bushmeat or the illegal pet trade. Um, we actually work in conjunction with the Gabonese and Congolese governments to protect over a million acres of, um, of, of wild forest land across the two countries. Um, so that, yes, the partnership is a huge part of, of the work that we do and, and we wouldn't be where we are without it. I can imagine that. So what are, like, looking back in the last years, what are some of the things in your work that you, like, campaigns that you've run or different projects that you've done that you're most proud of? What is something that you can maybe remember still that you're, like, I'm so proud of us that we did shall that? We do a, shall, we, shall we do one each, ladies? Because yeah. I've definitely got one. Yeah. So I bet I think, you've got more than one. Sophia. Oh, I've got so many. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think the the proudest achievement of the foundation for me personally is um, that we have proved that captive-born, rewilded gorillas can produce wild-born offspring in the uh, you know in the wild. We had the first ever in in the history of the world wild birth of a baby gorilla to two captive born parents in June of 2021. Um, the little miracle baby Tali is now 19 mm. months old um, and she is the, the joy of my working life. One of mine was um, the move that we did last year, actually. I felt um, I've only been with the foundation for just over a year. And um, I was really lucky to work with um, our partners and um, in getting Azzy and Zazu, our lion cubs, back from Kent, back to South Africa. And although I wasn't there on site and as hands-on as Sophia and everything, I was working with um, some amazing um, partners that helped us in getting them there so it's not just about financial funding obviously that's incredible when a company can do that for us or an individual can do that for us but in terms of gifts in kind um, you know donating flights donating transport anything like that and um, and just to see the the journey of them going um, home and to see the images on whatsapp of them at the airport and then when they got out there and them sunbathing in the sunset I just felt really proud and quite emotional to be part of that it felt like I'd really you know we'd made a difference as a team so that's definitely mine for the last yeah the last year definitely um I've been here three years now and um a bit like Sophie I'm sort of trying to pick which one's been my favorite um I suppose first and foremost one of the things I'm so proud of is that the organization is 40 years old next year I mean, what an amazing achievement, you know, when I talk about world first and, uh, you know, leaders in conservation, I think that's just such a wonderful message. Um, but a bit like Fiona, my favourite project that we did um, was I'd been here about three weeks and we translocated uh, two cheetahs um, from Howlett's Wild Animal Park in Canterbury over to Mount Kandabu in South Africa. Um, and I'm absolutely delighted to say that Nairo, one of the brothers, um, has had uh, babies out there. So we have helped with the meta population. So that's all very exciting. And one of our favourite things is getting the WhatsApps of the, the, the cute cheese. Mm. So, yeah, another. I mean, we've all got lots of stories, but I think that's probably one of my favourites. I felt hands on was at the press breakfast there for the move. Um, and then it's how the story continues. So their legacy lives on, you know, we've got the stories living on. So it's a really nice message. So that's my favourite. There's so many, aren't there? I've got another one as well. <laughs> I'll be happy to mention Joshi. So, <laughs> um, but we can share these all with you. Um, 
I mean, I would love to hear more about them because hearing you guys uh, share these experiences, it really, it really touches us and it moves us. And it, you know, it, I think that other people, it inspires them to want to help out mm -hmm. because there's, yeah, human emotion, that's something that, that we can all connect with. And I think uh, looking through, for example, YouTube and um, Instagram, you guys post these updates and it's, it's very sweet. And it's moments like that, that I think people, they, they connect with and they, it encourages them to want to make a difference. And that's something that, that you guys are doing a great job at, I think. Yeah, it's great to encourage different members of our community by those platforms as well. You know, we get people from all over the world who are getting in touch with us saying, how can we help? You know, we want to be able to help in some way. And that's incredible. So I'll, I'll definitely send you um, guys a copy of our World Cry, the magazine that Sam was talking about, because that's um, it's it's really lovely. Our supporters get that twice a year and they look forward to receiving it, don't they? So it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. It's got updates from our partner parks as well as um you know stories from across the world as well so i'll definitely send you a copy of that something else that we do is um we talked about the work that we do in south africa our um director who um runs the teams out there he's incredible and we do um webinars with him as well which are really interesting and we've got a link from a webinar we did at the end of last year back in november which was really interesting and he gave um updates on the work that we've done specifically in south africa in terms of rewilding the animals but also some amazing rescue work that we've done and everything as well so i'll send you a copy of that link because that's been really popular with our supporters and, and donors as well so be good to share that with you too thank you so yes, much fantastic <laughs> so you just mentioned you know next year is going to be a big year you guys are going to have a 40 year anniversary yeah. what are some of the plans can you share something with us that you're that you're going to do next year or something special or yeah from all aspects so we want to hear from all of you <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll jump in. I mean, the biggest yeah. project, the biggest project that we're working on, um, is probably the biggest project the conservation uh, has seen and, and will see for some time. We're working um, with some partners to translocate our herd of elephants from uh, Howlett's Wild Animal Park over to Kenya. You know, it is our strongest message that we believe where possible these animals should be living in the wild. Um, and this is absolutely us as a charity putting our money where our mouth is and saying this is this is what we're going to do. And um, Sophia will <laughs> completely, this comes with a lot of logistics and um, we're by no means at a confirmed date or anything yet, but it's certainly the project I'm most excited about and working on. Um, Sophia, over to you. Yes, it's uh, <laughs> it's been a long, a long five years to get to where we're at now. This isn't something that we've been working on for five minutes. And I, I think it would take us a, a bit more than five minutes more to get it all finalised. But it is definitely an exciting project. And the biggest that I've worked on um, in, in my conservation career, definitely. Uh, we also have a number of other rewilding projects upcoming. Um, we are in the process of organising the, lo the logistics to rewild the UK's 
is only on show honey badger um so there are a very limited population of honey badger in um in eu captivity uh, only about 20 of them so it's not a viable population from a genetic point of view um which is why we're not opting to send her somewhere to breed um but we have found a, a really lovely suitable home for her in south africa and we're in the process of organizing the logistics for that we've also got uh nine javan gibbons and five javan langers that we're in the process of organizing the logistics for rewilding back to java um we have um some other species as well that are on the list so debraza monkeys to um certain different areas we have um red river hogs as a potential roan antelope um we're in the process of breeding um forest buffalo in the hope that we'll be able to find a project for for them in 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 the congo in the near future um we have contacts in romania regarding rewilding european bison um and many many more so a very busy year coming up (laughs) it's just um sort of engaging with the community as well and you know across yeah our community of people that are interested us celebrating the 40 years um and how they can get involved um we we've got a meeting in a few weeks time to discuss what that will look like in terms of the local community but in terms of you know yeah how can they support us whether that be you know full run 40 miles or definitely you know local events and key events around the 40 celebration it's definitely something to be celebrated so yeah watch this space we'll come back to you on on those events as well super interesting well <laughs> to, to kind of bring it to an end I'm, I'm very curious because you know so far i've been listening and you guys are obviously quite a successful and large organization you do a lot of good stuff great stuff in in the whole world and you've been doing it for such a long time so what are three or five things or keys to your success what made you what made the organization so successful should we take a couple each I would um, say number I, one is determination. I, yeah, and I also think us being a, an authentic brand, you know, yeah. full voice, um, you know, the, where the charity was, was started from, right through to everyone that works here. We absolutely eat, breathe and sleep our vision and mission statement, which I think gives us a very authentic voice in what we do. So I think that's, a, that's also yeah. important. I would say passion as well. I think, you know, across everyone you speak to, whether it be, you know, any of the keepers down at the park to any of the team, you know, overseas or all of us in the office, you know, we're all extremely passionate about what we do. So I think that's got to be one of the drivers to keep us going. I also think the experience and the way that we do things, um, you know, we are leaders in conservation because of the way we do things. Um, we take time to study, prepare, make sure it's done properly and properly executed. So I think that's another reason why we've been so successful for such a number of years. And from my side of things, I would definitely say, you know, preparation and determination is is two of the things that keep us on track. We prepare adequately and we are determined to prove that it's achievable. And it's, it's obviously a long-term game in most of what you guys do. It's not, like you just said, like a campaign or a big project. It's not done in five days. It's mm. not prepared in five days. It takes years. Yes. And like you said, determination. 
it's a consistency consistency and termination is it's a combination of things but the fact that you know we're all really passionate and we all believe we all truly believe in the in what we're working towards yeah well you can definitely see yeah. that you guys are very passionate all of you so yeah thank you so much for this chat it's been lovely and uh, we hope to keep in touch with you as well yeah and i'm very keen to see what's coming up yeah you guys really it, it's been very inspiring to hear everyone's different take and and it just comes to show how what you were saying the big success of your organization is you can see that that you're all very committed to it and and yeah i'm excited to see what else you guys you guys do <laughs> Thank you so much for the opportunity. We're um, yeah, definitely keep in touch and really keen for you know the exposure and the, the platform to help us in getting the word out of the word that we work that we do as well. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Lovely to virtually Bye. meet you. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. Thank, thank you. you too. Bye. Bye.